Welcome to the God Drugs Laughs Podcast. I am your host, Rob Christie. Hope everyone is having a great week. As always, if you could like, subscribe, share our podcast, we would appreciate it. Get the word out there a little more. Hope your holiday season is going well and you enjoyed last week's episode with Becca, our Christmas episode. This week we have another great episode with Kendall. So we get into some fun topics as well as some deep topics and I know you're going to enjoy it. So without further delay, here we go. And now let's get to know our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from parts unknown. Weighing a staggering 758 pounds, Kendall Allen! Yeah, baby. What's up, man? What's up, man? What's going on? Kendall's in the building. Yes. In this nice building. Yeah, and just for the record, he doesn't weigh 758 pounds. I just wanted you to sound (laughs) really buff. Did I sound really buff, though? You do sound buff. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Kendall, happy to have you on the podcast, man. Yeah, happy to be on here, sir. You are a podcaster. I am a podcaster. Tell us the name of your podcast, where we can find it. So the name of the podcast is the Smooth Ways Podcast yeah, yeah. that you can find anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Our glorious host, Destin Parker, leads us on just journeys and just life, really. And no topics off Keter, I want to say. Yeah. Maybe. You know, we talk about everything. So, yeah, join us because I'm the co-host. Join us. Yes. Every other week. Well, lately it's been a while because, you know, life. Life is really hard sometimes, you know, kids. Marriages, you know, but we be out there. So, yeah, look out for us. We heal. We heal, baby. Yes, and listen to it. It's a great podcast. I'm a little behind. I'm having to catch up on a lot of my podcasts that hey, I listen listen. to. That's okay. So I'm kind of glad that you are pausing for a little bit. Hey, so listen. It'll be time to catch up. You know, it's like a season break. <laughs> yeah. That's what we should do. We should have seasons. Yeah, of just doing everything. I agree. Are y'all on YouTube as well? We were on YouTube doing video, but it's hard to do video when one of us is in Alabama, yeah, and the other one is Florida. And then, like, both our internet connections, even though my internet connection got better when we moved, now I'm like in a closet <laughs> doing <laughs> stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. All my connections like ran ran, and then Destin, you know, he's so far away. Then then they moved, oh, and his okay. connection went ran ran. And they out in the country too, so it's just like. Yeah. We went back to the audio. The, gotcha. You know, y'all got to see our face right now. That's okay. Yeah, I'm starting to do the, just upload the audio on YouTube. I know that kind of defeats the purpose, but because <laughs> <laughs> you have some video, but some people were uh, saying they want to listen to it on YouTube. And then eventually, we'll see what happens. Might do video on yeah. down the road. For sure. Well, Kendall, thanks so much for being here. Yes, sir. Tell the people how we know each other. Uh, we know each other from the uh, Crossing Church from back in the day. Yeah. When we first start going, actually, Rob was like the person that we met the door. So yeah, yeah. friendly face, friendly bald headed dude. Hey, no, you were, no, you were bald headed, but no. you had the hat on. I did. You had the hat on, and you had the long beard, and that's when I had my beard at the time. That was a connection. Yeah, it was just like, oh, this bearded dude. I love bearded dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and they real, man. You'll never meet an unreal bearded dude. Can we quote you on that? I love bearded dudes. Uh, I like that. We, we can do that note just at the... Uh, actually, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> God loves me too. So we are. We, we can do that. So, but yeah, we made the crossing. Yeah. And ever since then, Rob took me to my first live WWE event. Mm-hmm. It was SmackDown. 
Kendall's a, a fellow wrestling fan. Yes. Yes. AEW. 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 So are you sold on AEW now? So AEW is All Elite Wrestling. It's yes. actually a rather new promotion, right? Yes. It's been around, what, two years? Three years coming in January. Three years, yeah. which is um, great. Comes out of Jacksonville, our yeah, hometown, yeah. so Jacksonville, Florida. So that's kind of cool. Tony Khan. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Khan, Jaguars. Yeah. At least they're doing something right over there, right? I mean, he's doing better with the wrestling than the football. <laughs> yes. We can get that to translate on the other side. Yeah, you know? so we would appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I met Kendall and his family when I was a pastor over at the Crossing. Yes. We met at that faithful door. And it's been a fun ride just kind of getting to know each other, especially wrestling. So, we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah. I know we have a huge fan base of wrestling fans out yes there. not really, really but what <laughs> come on i know y'all like wrestling yeah. they just don't want to be come out the closet it's okay it's 2022 almost so come on yeah because i mentioned yeah. wrestling to a lot of people and they're like oh yeah i used to listen to watch it back in the day so <laughs> that is my story i am an old school wrestling fan i did try to start watch the, watching the new stuff but it's just been a little struggle for me. I'll be honest with you. I'm not giving up yet, but I mean, why is it a struggle though? I, I mean, don't know. It's still wrestling. But I guess the difference is because when I was little, wrestling was real. At least that's what we thought. But it is real. The storylines are just not real. But the action in the ring. I agree. Well, I well, agree. you know, minus some of the hits and strikes, you know, but a lot I of agree. it is real. You can okay. Triple H has blown pretoral muscles every yes. other year. Yeah. So, I mean, oh yeah, I definitely don't take any way, thing away from them in the sense of being, yeah. you know, Listen, sports stars and in their this athleticism. Is how I see it, though, if people can watch uh, as the world turns mm-hmm. and Victor Newman and. Th- you know, lose their minds and, you know, conscious and the story of Victor still being alive all these years. We can do the same thing with wrestling. Okay. I mean, Sting is back. Sting I is respect Sting it. Hey. I respect it. Hey, listen, I was a teenager grabbing Sting's finger down at the arena oh, back wow. in the day when okay. he came by. You have WCW. Listen. Hey, listen, let's let's hold off on the wrestling stuff, Hurry, okay? Do Don't get us started because that's, that's all hey, we'll talk about. Right. All, right, all right. So, Kendall. I got yes. some questions for you. Are you ready for the hot seat? I am ready. My seat is always warm. All right. Let's do it. Kendall? Yes? Are you ready? Yes, sir. Didn't I ask you that already? I think so. All right. Let's go. Different tone. Okay. <laughs> so, where were you born and where were you raised? I was born in El Centro, California. What's up, El Centro? El Centro, the desert. Okay. On the military base. Uh, 1989, June 25th. Yeah. If y'all... I mean, I wouldn't give out my birthday regularly, but you know what? It's on Facebook. It's on all. Everybody already got it, so you can Google it. So yeah, I ain't worried about it. But yeah, born in California, moved when I was two to the VA. We were in the VA until I was five, and then we came on to the good old West Side of Jacksonville. Uh, Now you're living West Side. Yeah, started in the Grove Park area, then we moved into the Argyle area. And then I left the Argyle area for the south side and never came back across the bridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just to go see my parents. Nice. So your dad was in the military? Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. he got out of the military and y'all stayed here? Uh, he was still in the military until I was uh, freshman year of high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So he got stationed here. And actually for his last three years, he got promoted to chief like late in his career. So the last three years, he would commute from Virginia to Jacksonville while oh, we stayed okay. in Jacksonville. So gotcha. Interesting things. Got to Jacksonville and you couldn't let go. 
Is More like my mama couldn't let go. <laughs> well, neither. Uh, they both are from Florida. They're from right. Central Florida. So, okay. you know, I think their goal for them was always to be back here. So. Gotcha. Cool. But yeah. Well, personally, I'm glad you stayed here. Hey, listen. And, you know, it's all about me, Kendall. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, no. listen. All right. Here's the next question. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your family first. My family. My family right now is yes. uh, my beautiful wife, April Allen. What's up, April? And, hey, baby. And then we got three kids. We got Eli. We got Ari and we got Parker. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's McLean. And you are teaching, raising them up, right? Yes, sir. The ways of wrestling. Everything. The ways of everything. I donated some wrestling figurines to the kiddos. Yes. yes. (laughs) And as much as my wife tries to say I don't need them, they're still in there. Absolutely. I have to go in there and make sure I count them, though, because she's really slick. Ah. So. So here's the real question. Do you ever play with those, Kendall? Listen. Not gonna lie, when we was in the old house and uh-huh. we had those couple of hurricanes come through, lost some power, you might have heard me in Eli's yeah. room like, pew, pew, pew. Oh, yeah, sting. yeah, yeah, you know, just uh, I would, I would book my know? own matches every now and then with my own figurines. I'm just saying, yeah, we all have our fun things. You know? I agree, I so, agree. Sorry, I know that's kind of putting you on the spot. Listen, so. no, there is no spot I okay, can't be good. put on. Good, good. Open book, just like me, right? Yeah, I like it. I, you, can I tell you why I'm like that? Sure, real quick. So, for those of you who don't know, I sung. I was a. I'm a chorus singer, uh, from fifth grade until college. So seventh grade, uh, sang at Orange Park. We was at our little music convention thing at Terry Parker High School. Went to Terry Parker High School. Oh, hey, yeah. So we were leaving our practice room. No, we just got done singing, and the girls from Ridgeview. Uh, junior high school were like waiting and they had us blue dresses. I'm like, oh, dang. Like, What's up, girl? What's yeah, up, ladies? And me and my homie was the only two guys in our chorus class, uh, too. So we were like, hey. Yeah. No lie. So as we're walking, we're looking, we're, you know, trying to be the bad seventh graders and, you sure. know, literally ran into the pole. pole oh. Pole was, you know, uh, growing high. Oh. And crushed it. Like, just all oh, just crushed it. <laughs> And everybody was just like, Whoa. what was the response? Yeah, it was like laughter. Oh, man. Laughter from their girls, our girls. My boy was like, dang, man, come on, man. Yeah. Granted, he ended up getting a date. I ended up, you know, getting some numbers, but, you know. Okay. Pulling yeah, numbers so, in the seventh grade. Uh, I'm just saying. Okay. But at an early age, I learned embarrassment, and the embarrassment by the hardest way. Yeah. That's that's good, though. From you know? the ladies. Humbles you. Yeah, it did. I, mean, I got a lot of humbling at Terry Parker High School, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. When I went there. It is Terry Parker. So, um, why don't we sing something? What do you want me to sing? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Okay, that I'm was my fault. I, I don't know fault. that song. Okay, I, I okay. don't know that song. I'm sorry. Sorry, Christmas people. I don't know that yeah. song. And listen, I didn't come but, here uh, to brag or anything, but oh, you got to show you, you up. You got listen. Hold on, now. My, hold on, my now. hold on. Hey, <laughs> you don't wanna, you don't wanna. <laughs> now hold on, now hold on. <laughs> you will never find. Boom, 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 boom. You will never find. Boom, boom, boom. It's a sing off. It's a sing off. I like this competition. Hey, listen. I always wanted to sing, like be able to sing, I guess I should say. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I could sing. So when, you know, you have, for men, you have, you could either a tenor where you sing really high. 
And a lot of songs written nowadays are sung by like people who are tenors because they can reach those notes. They got baritone and bass. So growing up, I was like a tenor for mm-hmm. forever. So I can sing all the really cutie songs. Like who was Chris Brown was like famous at the time, so I could just be like my my way of serenading people. Like hey, when you miss on the floor, you know, just okay. like you know, just I'm a little bit, you right know. Now. Yeah. But uh, and then uh, going from into my senior year, my voice went from tenor. To baritone, so I couldn't hit all the notes they were. Yeah, and then I went from bar- the same year. I went from baritone to bass, and I'm just like, dang, nobody bass tones. They don't have any. I'm like, oh, 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 oh my gosh. <laughs> so then I had to learn the same like Barry White, but That's hey, fun. girl, you know, hey, or girl. like the Temptations be like, hey, uh, dude, oh. you know. Yeah, Becca likes it when I wake up early with that Barry White voice. Hey. hey. I don't know why I said wake up early, but just when I wake up in general, I usually have. <laughs> frog in my throat or something so what you say is you don't wake up early hey you know what we need to tell everybody when you walked in the door tonight and we embraced you said something to me and it was a compliment it was a compliment (laughs) like i've never received you said hmm Uh you smell like cookies I said, well, thank you. I don't know if you saw me lean in, too, because you probably was going to grab your phone. I went, like, that's smell like cookies. Oh, God, you smell like cookies. Nobody's ever said that to me. Well, you know, just I'm unique like that. Yeah, you know, I'm struggling with food right now. Like, past but, couple of days, I've just been Listen, eating. you see this? Well, you see this? this I know. I mean... But, you know, it's not good in, like, my addiction. So, like, I oh. go from one addiction to the other and... So right now my thing is food. Um, it's not healthy to go from one addiction yeah. to the other. So I need to get a hold on it. But I was pounding. Before <laughs> you got here, I'll be honest with you. I was trying to keep it a secret, but oh, no. I was pounding uh, cookie dough. It's okay. Vegan yeah. cookie dough. Listen, it's okay. We went to a birthday party Saturday, and my homie asked me to take some of the cake, and I did mm. the share. Uh, I could not end up eating like maybe five pieces of that cake. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we just had Thanksgiving and my mama normally makes us a pie. Mm-hmm. And then we had a pecan pie and I love pecan pie. So I, I just been sampling. I mean, I've been going to the gym. Don't get me wrong. I've been on that treadmill too. But <laughs> I get home and be like, after we get home from the gym, I have a meal. I look, I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. It'll be gone after I finish it. Yeah. I won't get another one. So, you know. My wife's going to love me no matter what. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. She, she likes she She likes my little. Uh, Mid-titties. <laughs> we call those middies. Yeah, middies. Hey, actually, that's, that's actually better. Um, yeah. I'm going to take that with me. Yeah. I, I stole anything funny that I say, I pretty much stole from somebody else. So, Which I need to, I, I forgot, we're all over the board right now, which I like. Because that means we're just, you He's know. Like, bring it back. We're just chopping it up. Bring it back. Here, let me tell you something that my Uh-oh. student said to me today. Uh-oh. So I, I usually share funny things my students say to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one is weird. I'm not going to say it's funny, um, but this actually happened today. So, you know, we were, it was kind of downtime and some of the students like sit right up on my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to have conversations, joke around with Mr. Rob. And one of them looks at him and acts, one of them looks at me and he goes, you know what, Mr. Rob? I wish all teachers were babies. Babies. <laughs> Why baby? I have no clue. <laughs> I said, okay. Okay. <laughs> you wish all your teachers were babies. Like, I'm trying to think, like, in a literal sense? Because do you know, like, yeah. your teacher's going to drop one. 
And unless exactly. you got the ability to change it, it's going to stinky stink. Yeah. I mean. And listen, mm. you know, we got, we got, do you still have, you still have a, a kiddo with diapers, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so gosh. We know what that's like. Mm, yeah. We have so many uh, crazy things that's happened at school, but that was probably the craziest. I wish all, I, I need to. I called the authorities on that that student. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know oh, what's wrong. Yes. No. I'm gonna, ah. you know, I'm gonna find out tomorrow. I'm gonna ask him some more. You should ask him. Why did just, you say that? Yeah, just, just a follow up. Just like, yeah, because you know, you're technically still a baby. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right, let's get back to it. Such good conversation. Yes. Do you believe in aliens? Yes or no? Um, do I believe in aliens? No. I no. believe if aliens come, they're those hidden angels that fell to the earth and that's just okay. they've been waiting to reveal themselves. Okay. That's what I believe. Okay. Yeah. Do you believe that the unidentified flying objects are angel mobiles or just something else? Oh, see, I think that's just some human stuff going on. Okay. You know, we really just, you know, there's a deceivious or de- mischievous people. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Governments all over the world be doing some wild stuff. I mean, we if we already got lasers now, which I never thought we'll have lasers. Now we got robots supposed supposedly uh, being able to recreate themselves. Ooh. I, I would have passed somebody just been like, you know what we should do one day? Invent a really really fast spaceship that just look weird. You know what freaked me out the most is when I saw that robot that China made that was shooting. No. Half court shots. Yeah, was that not creepy? Yeah, that's on the just... basketball court, just nailing them. Yeah. My thing is like, did y'all not watch Terminator? Yeah, like eventually, just you know, I mean, or you know, I Robot, yeah. Will Smith, you yeah, watch that? yeah. And you gotta, I mean, you can have all all the ammo in the world though, but uh, sometimes the bullets ain't the middle. Yeah, days. especially if they're able to reproduce themselves. Yeah. <sighs> God, we're going to pause and pray that the robots don't take over. And let the church say amen. Amen. What do you do for a living, Kendall? Um, I work for the government. Oh, is that all you can tell us? I mean, I work for housing. I work for the housing and the government. Okay. So that's, that's all I can really say, but yeah. Oh, wait a second. It's, wait it's, just it's a fun. second. Yes. I'm on to you. You work... With unidentified flying objects, don't you? And that's why you're trying to say they don't exist. Oh, I work in, I work in housing. I mean, alien housing. Hmm. I did walk here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You walked here? No, nah, I didn't. Walk here. <laughs> it's like lightning outside. You was like, oh, what? <laughs> I came pick you up. I brought the lightning with my yeah. uh, super spaceship. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Am cool. I in the room right now with an alien? You are. <laughs> I am not of this world. <laughs> oh, that's good. Mm. That's good. Mm. That's good. That leads mm. us into mm. who is God to you? Ooh. That's a deep one. You can go. That is very, very yeah. deep. And I kind of sprung that one on you, even though I, I usually ask yes. But, but you know, it's not springing. I, I'm, yeah. I'm here for everything. I'm sure, open. Sure. God to me. Boxer or Breeze? Breeze. But uh, let's see. I mean, really? Just oh, God to me is just like creator, man. When I, if I can nail it all down, it's probably just creator. Okay. And just like holy, 
and then gracious. Grace. What it boils down to. Because it's like when you think about everything that happens and then things that happen to people, events that happen, events occur, and then you boil it down to you're just sitting on your porch one day and you're just sitting there and you look and you see just your grass and the trees and how all that thing, all of it just every year it goes through a cycle and it's mm-hmm. never interrupted. Your grass may die, but if you tend to it right, you can, you cannot put more grass there. And if you tend to the parts that are still living, mm-hmm. they'll just come back and grow. Right. Like naturally it's, and it's just like, we have science and things and yeah, science can tell us things, but it's just like you have atoms and atoms do this and this is this, but what created the atom mm-hmm. or like what created the mechanisms for all these things to work that way? And it's just like, Hmm. Yeah. God. Yeah. That's good. So. And I think of like, you know, not only like our seasons that happen obviously in our environment, but like seasons of our lives, you know? Yeah. And how God creates a lot of different seasons that we mm-hmm. have, you know? So, I mean, I look over my life, obviously, past five years, which have been crazy. Um, man, just the different seasons that I go through, <laughs> you know? And in each season, it's kind of, it's bringing more fruit. Yeah. And I went through a season that didn't bring any fruit. Because I didn't tend to my grass, right? Mm. Like you were saying. And so it couldn't, there wasn't life bringing, Mm -hmm. nothing was um, springing up from the ground bringing life uh, just due to what I always tell my students in in class, like you're going to have consequences Mm. no matter what you do in life. If you're doing positive things, the right things, you're going to have positive consequences for the most part. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's things that happen to us that mm-hmm. even when we're doing the right thing. Yeah, that's that true. We can't control. Um, and, but, and then if you do negative things, you're going to have negative consequences, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's as simple as that. And that's what I think. Like, I used to look at the Bible and as like a bunch of do's and don'ts. And I would think God is trying to take away our fun. Nope. Um don't do this, don't do that. But now I see it and Jesus comes and he says, I came to give you life, life in the fullest, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so he's saying, hey, th- I'm trying to show you how to have a fulfilled life. And this is how you do it. You stay away from these things and you do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously when we talk about Jesus, it wasn't like this long list of things to do, right? Yeah. He came and said, love others as I have loved you, mm-hmm. love God, love people. And I found that when I'm focused on that, that's when I'm most alive. Yeah. What man. do you think about that? Dude, that that's one thing I think about our lives too, especially like us being Christians and everybody like if you believe I think of the Bible as, you know, it's the living word, it's alive. Mm-hmm. And even after Jesus died, you know, Paul wrote these letters about the different churches. And I think of us too as chapters in that book. Because our lives to, granted, we're not in the Bible, but our lives to other people represent something. Sure. So, and if we're supposed to be, we have testimonies that we're supposed to share with people. And we have these seasons in our lives that we're supposed to share with people. Not with everybody. Not not everybody needs to know everything. Mm-hmm. But you, you know that person that's struggling with something that you struggle with. You can come to them and be like, hey. I, I know exactly where you're going through and we can talk about this and I can be here in your life. And it's just like a chapter 
in your story that you're sharing that God is authoring a narr- no, narrative. Say, yeah, he's yeah. authoring your narrative. Sure. To be to his glory. It, it may not be in the Bible. You you know, I'm not Paul or anybody, but Kendall's story, whenever he shares it, it's just like a piece of God's story. Sure. If I can say it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all part of his story, especially. And then when you break it down, like you said, it's Kendall's story, but it's God's story in yeah. you. Right. And something about what you said, too, about just loving God and loving people. Like, I feel like people just skip over that part. Yeah. Like people think, about, oh, we got the Ten Commandments. Like, yeah, but we we still have those. But when Jesus left and he gave us a great commission, he specifically said those two and I come to find like when I'm loving on people the right way mm-hmm. and just like being authentic with them and just loving, you know, just loving on them. And then you see somebody's behavior start to change or you see their look on life start to change or they just start to just be a little different just because of the love you showed them. That I mean, to me, that means more than anything. I can just follow and you know, like, oh, I'm just not gonna do this. Sure. But yeah, I cannot do that. But if I don't love people, then I'm I'm missing out. Yeah. So yeah, and that Paul that says that, like, if I do all these things and speak in tongues, and, but if if I'm lacking love, then I'm just like a banging gong. Yeah. Which is crazy, right? <laughs> which for me, you know, we're gonna talk about the church later. Um, but it's like, man, how how have we missed it so much? <laughs> like, why have we made it so many other things besides love, right? Loving on others. And I'm generalizing as a whole, but uh, we talk about different people's platforms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're lifting up other people. It's like, yeah. man, it's just, definitely, it's all about loving others. And mm-hmm. that's what changes people, right? And I love that. And because, you know, God loves us for who we are. And, um, and obviously through Jesus, like has taken away all of our, our sins, all the things we've messed up, all the things we've done that now we can just be open and honest Mm -hmm. (laughs) about our struggles. Yeah. And that's what, that's what helps other people the most too. That love and that authenticity and that being vulnerable with Mm -hmm. a lot of people. I've just seen that in my life, um, those are the things that God uses when I'm doing those things. That's how, that's when I'm usually God can use me to, to help other people the most. Yeah. And so. it sucks. You, you use vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. I'm from the West side. So <laughs> my English sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's not good, but like society tells us, especially as men that you, you no, you can't do that. You got to right. be strong and manly and just taking on the chin, you know? Yeah. You don't show those kinds of emotions. And then when I think about it, I'm like, man, how backwards is that? Because now we got all these men that go around thinking that they just got to hold it in. And then if they show a sign of weakness, that somebody's just going to run all over them where your weakness is your strength, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so unhealthy living that type of lifestyle. Yeah, it is. For lots of people. Mm. Mm, let's get, come on, mm. before we start preaching, let's, let's move on. Well, wow, wow. Mm. <laughs> right here in the Rob Christie office. <laughs> <laughs> we had this uh, pr- professor when I went to graduate school, uh, went to a seminary, and he was a blind, blind man. Oh, wow. And I love it. Like, he would, 
sit we'd have chapel it was this huge chapel a mm-hmm. lot of people in there and he'd just be like yes <laughs> he would start like giggling like getting so excited about stuff come on and like you know like hardly nobody else is doing that in our chapel but yeah. him but man it would fire me up i was like this is awesome yes sir say it again <laughs> say it again <laughs> you'd say stuff like that i loved it all right, so let's talk about your childhood a little bit. Yes. Let me look back on your childhood. What's your favorite childhood memory? Favorite childhood? Something that you enjoyed mm. that comes to mind. Probably, uh, yeah, probably playing uh, spades with my grandmother. Okay. There were spades and tonk. I'll say tonk because uh, it would be like, we used to go... Now that I think about it, my parents used to drop us. I know what they were doing. They probably had the hanky. Sorry, mom. Y'all, y'all was probably <laughs> hanking the pinking in. But, you know, we'll go down there every summer. They'll drop us off and leave us. And, like, my grandparents were both bus drivers. So, during mm-hmm. the summertime, they, you know, they had all the free time in the world. But, um, so, we used to stay up to, like, two, three, just playing talk and just really? talking about life. Yeah, dude. Those are, like, some of my fondest memories. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Sorry podcast etiquette i'm looking at a microphone real quick oh i haven't heard the word tonk in so long Man. oh i used Listen. to love playing that game we used to play that game all the time yeah. growing up you see we could still play it. yeah i might have to <laughs> might have to beat you down hey. some tonk hey, soon. Listen. Listen, i'm all for it i'm all for it yeah that's fun but yeah fondest memory that's probably that yeah what was your grand is your grandmother still with us nah uh, well not that one i still have my mom's grandmother who i love she's you know how you have the grandmother who is like uh, loving in a certain type of way, and then you have your grandmother that's like the church churchy loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, that's exactly yeah. Describe my everybody has that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, but um, yeah, she's still alive. It took me a while to really understand because she, you never know what people went through in their lives. You just think they just come out and be mean and all this stuff. But right. then I've learned over the years that. She's she didn't get that way just because, and there's the reason why behind all the things she did. So no, like I, I have a real appreciation for her now. Where I asked my other grandma, I used to be like, "Oh, this is this is all I want to do." This is but, sure, yeah, but yeah. So that was my the one that we played Tonto was my dad's mother. She passed away when I was nineteen, maybe. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I miss my grandma. Yeah, both of them, all my grandparents. Yeah, all my grandparents passed away. Yeah, I mean that's life though. Yeah, I mean, I'm thankful to have him as long as I did. Yeah. So, all right, let me get moving on before I start crying. Moving, rolling, <laughs> rolling, uh, <laughs> rolling on a river. So seriously, does that sound good at all? No, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah. You're being too you're singing, kind. You're singing in your rings, though. You're not trying to be like, rolling, rolling. Hey, that's not too bad either, though. <laughs> oh, hey. so maybe I can sing. Yeah. You just have to teach me. Yeah, I can do that. All right, stay tuned for my new album. It's called Rolling. I'm about to say, you got albums, bro. I don't got no albums. So Rolling you, on the candle. You, you're... <laughs> <laughs> Rolling. Hey. Hey. All right. You ready for the next one? Yes, sir. Hit me. Oh, you know what? I forgot one. You forgot Yeah, what? okay. Come I'm on. sorry. I'm sorry. Look Poor at hosting. Look at this. Poor hosting. <laughs> hey. Who has been the kindest to you in your life? The kindest to yes. me in my life? Probably my wife, dude. Yeah? My really, yeah. Explain yeah. that for us a little bit. Uh, if you want to. 
<laughs> yeah, I can I can explain it. So uh, the Kindle who I am today has never hasn't always been this Kindle. So, mm-hmm. and we got married. We met at nineteen too. We got married at twenty one. So where'd she, y'all meet? Oh, college. Okay, course, sir. Nice, yeah. nice. I met my wife singing, but um, yeah. So she's like got to see me, at, you know, every day. I'm like, whereas you might see me once in a while. My friends mm-hmm. see me every once in a while. She got to see me every day. Right. So that means she gets to see me when I'm at my highest moments, at my lowest moments. And then being a young 21-year-old, 22-year-old, 23-year-old, being married and then thinking about your friends are doing all this other stuff or just your attitude towards things. And just mm-hmm. still, you're still a baby. To, I never realized I was still a baby, but you're still a baby then too. Sure. So you're going through all the mechanisms of growing up and just like, Ah, uh, there was moments where I was not kind at yeah. all. But she was always, and even to this day, she's always really even kinter. Ke- 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 even kill? Ke- even kill, yeah. We'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I can definitely see that. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah. yeah. That's Thank God for our wives, was, huh? You're right about that <laughs> one, dude. Like, hey, where will we be? Yeah. So. Um, personally, I would be dead, and that's not not a joke. <laughs> so hey, I would be hey, physically dead yeah. if it wasn't thank for you, my Michael, wife. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So that is the truth. Okay, so when you were a kid, young kid, I know what you're doing now. Well, kind of know. I think you're working with aliens. But hey. when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? What did I want to be yeah. when I grew up? Something that involved like people, mm-hmm. really. If I could be honest with you, it's just like I'm like a people person, and which is funny because if I'm in a room where I don't know anybody, I am very, very quiet. I'm I'm like the fly in the wall. I'm just right. taking I'm taking in everybody and conversations and just. Just, just watching. Just people watching. Yeah, trying not to run in, run into any poles or anything. Yeah, you know yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> but, Parker. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like once you get to know me and you get past like the early stages, then you'd be like, oh, dang, this dude is like wild, yeah, crazy. He's like a people. I'm like he's yeah, he's really out there. Like, yeah. But um, I've seen yeah. both sides of you like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. You have. And maybe not as crazy. <laughs> but. You, you have. Actually, yeah. you have because it's, it's, yeah. it's a process. Yeah, but, um, for sure. So I've actually don't think I'm at where I want. Uh, I haven't made it to like what I wanted to be. I made. I got the first half down. Father, uh, husband, you know, nice area, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But like ultimate goal, probably. I'm still. I'm still trying to get there. Okay. Yeah. You know what I wanted to be when I was a kid? What's that? Uh, garbage man. <laughs> Seriously, really? like I wanted to be the guy who oh, rode on the man. back of the garbage truck and threw things in. And then until one day, my brother crushed my dreams like he usually did. I was sitting out there dream. and the garbage truck man came. Or the garbage truck pulled up and he said, you know they're coming to get you, right? I was like, what? It's like they're coming to get you. So every time they would pull up after that, like I would freak out and I'd run in the house. And I no longer <laughs> wanted to be a garbage man. Wow. So how dare you, Artie? Take hey. away my dreams. So funny thing is, you know, senior week of school where you get to dress up like that one day where you dress up where you want to be for your career. Uh-huh. I was the garbage man. Really? With the actual garbage can. And <laughs> at lunchtime, I went around collecting food. Our principal walked up to me, Mr. Wingate. He was like, uh, 
That's funny. Yeah, you, should, you should be doing that. Like, oh, <laughs> my bad. I'm going to just go out here. I'm going to keep my trash, though. Yeah. One of my teachers like, is this really actual trash? And like, yeah. She's like, can you take that outside? <laughs> That's funny. Fine. That's a good one. That's Fine. a good one. Hey, it was really good. Yeah. I still respect those those folks. <laughs> I did too. I mean, that's fun. Hanging out on the back of a truck all day, just throwing stuff in there. Other people stuff. Yeah. God bless them. God bless them. So let's get to more serious things. Oh, serious. Why so serious? What's the worst thing you've ever done in your life? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but what keeps you up at night? Oh, what keeps me so, up at night? I mean, obviously, night. this could be good things, bad things, both. Um, I like to think a lot. Okay. And when I think a lot... I tend to think a lot about my failures mm. and that even though I believe I've been through, it's funny because God doesn't, uh, he does punish you, but it's not like he's punished you because it's, it's always a purpose. But I feel like just past things just are coming back to bite me in the butt, mm. even though I feel like I've already been bitten in the butt enough for it, but yeah. just like failure and just like things like that. And just cause Two, I, I, lately I've been working hard. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. It just came about me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just trying not to be a failure, to be honest with you. Okay. Which just living, right? Just living yeah. and doing the basic things means you're not a failure. Like, right. it's not like I don't have to be Bill Gates to be like accomplished. I could just be Kendall. Sure. That the neighbor and you know, that's the really nice neighbor and yeah, and that's all that matters. I don't have to be like some famous, some rich, or some purposeful purpose. I can just be that you know, yeah, that dude. Absolutely, because when you're thinking about success, it's like you got to be careful whose idea of success is it? Yeah. Right? Is it the success the culture has given us? Mm-hmm. Is it success that we've thought up in our mind that may not be healthy or accurate? Um. I, I mean, this is mine. Success is going back to what we talked about earlier. Am mm-hmm. I loving God and loving people well? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what makes me successful if I'm doing those things. So you may have been talking an idea of career or something like that. But when, when I think about hmm. that, I mean, you know, what I didn't think about yeah. that. It's just, um, cause I don't want you to Man. think of yourself as a failure. Cause I know you're not. <laughs> yeah. The, and it's weird though. Like, it's hard to really think about it. Like when other people say things, just like, dang, man, why, like, why can't I just like stop it? Like, what is it in me that's driving me? And I think it's funny that you said what you just said, like loving God, loving people. And even like on an individual level, like, you know, I accepted God in my life and he loves me. And, I know I'm doing his work by just loving people. So it shouldn't that be enough? Yeah. So, and I know this is, this kind of talk is frowned upon at times, but in the church, mm-hmm. um, you got a part of loving people is loving yourself. Yeah. You're right. You know, and I've got, I, I've, uh, you know, I, I've had to learn how to be able to live with myself and mm-hmm. that's, me taking better care of myself and me loving myself and, and liking myself, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because we are the hardest on ourselves. Yeah, no, nobody else, right? We can right. be hard on other people, but yeah. Um, I just at times I'm I'm going through my day and I realize I'm like, man, I'm saying things to myself that I would never say to somebody else. 
All the time. Yeah. Which is so weird because you know if you see somebody else, you're not going to say that. Like even if somebody came to me and told me they were struggling, like the first time they ever told me they were struggling, that I'm going to be like, nah, man, you got this. Now, there's been times where people that talking about like repeat things and mm-hmm. stuff. And I sometimes I go on Kindle 10, just especially like when it involves uh, people getting older, like let's say parents, because mm-hmm. we all know eventually we're going to be in situations where unless you go, I'm sure your parents don't want you to go before they do. So eventually, you know, that that's what's coming on. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a conversation, which I, I at the, at the time I was like, when I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, man, Sometimes you just need to shut up, dude. You don't have to talk, you don't have to talk about it. Just be like, oh, just be simple. Be simple. But I was like, some of the things, like, you know, when people get older and they're having all these issues, then just be like, I look back and think, like, man, are we really supposed to live this long? And then I think about it. Moses and them lived until, like, like they were 700, but yeah. they weren't struggling with different types of diseases and stuff. Right. Like, my grandmother is going, struggling, I think, a little bit with dementia. Mm. So mm. it's just like, you hear Moses at 79 talking about, you know, them having to drag him out or tell him, no, right. Moses is 79 going to Pharaoh like, hey, dog, yeah, let him out. Yeah. Let him out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's tough. My my grandfather, you know, they said it was dementia, but they also said it was most likely because he was a football player. He played mm-hmm. um, football. This was back when they wore leather helmets. Ooh. <laughs> he played for <laughs> University of Florida. He's a co-captain hey, on the team. Go, go Gator. And um, he, so my grand, my grandmother ended up having a stroke and passing away before him. Mm. They were, I mean, absolutely in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And so my grandfather, he got to the point where he just didn't remember anything, but he always remembered her. Mm. And so in the middle of the night, they would catch him wandering the hallways. Oh, really? And um, they would go up to him and say, what are you doing? And he said, I'm looking for my wife. Hmm. Where's my wife? Like, he always had her in his heart. Isn't that crazy? That like, is crazy. Even when he, you know, was losing, like, all yeah. of his memory and all of that. So kind of a sweet that, story. That's like his common thing. Yeah. He, he knew yeah. anytime he was in trouble, that's who he. Yeah. That's tough, man. That's tough to go through. Yeah. So hoping that's a. You know, something that is not as severe. Nah, that's not super yeah. severe. I think it's like early. But I'm of the mindset, too, that if I think about my parents and everybody praying that, you know, healthy, long life, that includes watching their lives begin to, right. you know, decline. So it's just a part of life Yeah, that you just have. I mean, you just have to be prepared for it. Yeah. So and it's weird. Like, I'm at. I'm almost to the point where I'm like next in line. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember thinking about that as a, oh, as no. a kid. Like, okay, oh, next in line. Great grandparents died. My grandparent, and like, so my my dad, my step, he's my stepfather, but mm-hmm. um, raised me. So, like, my dad died this year, and so I'm like, it's getting closer, getting closer. Um, which I used to fear death so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you were like that, but. I think after going through like what I went through and trying to kill myself for so long, mm-hmm. it makes you just, it makes you thankful for today, but it's like, yeah, take me whenever you want me to, God, <laughs> whenever you want me, you know? Um, yeah. So I, it's not something I really fear anymore, but no. wherever we are is better than this place. To yeah. Be honest with you. So that's for sure. All right. I got two more questions Then we're going to move into our topic of the day or excuse me, topic of the week. 
Okay, well, actually, I got one more. Number 14, tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they impacted your life. All right. So when I, I like to, when, when I saw the question, like, you don't have to name three, whatever you want. No, I can do five. three, okay. but, and I like to do this because, you know, everybody's like to include their parents and their pastor. And, mm-hmm. but when you, I think about like people who influenced my life, I'm going to start with the, the lowest, well, I'm not. Sorry, people. If you if you just happen <laughs> to hear this, it just I start with the bottom. Don't mean that you know you don't have to see equal treatment, but it's just how it works. But um, football coach, uh, Coach Smith. Nice. When I played on JV in Orange Park, he was really, I was like really tough, but he was like also like really loving. Like, I think I was an okay athlete. I was all right. But um, he used to push me yeah. a lot, yeah. And then the two years we had to run track, and like, I am not the fastest person. Mm-hmm. Long distance, I'm okay. But like sprinters, play. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, here's a voice like, Alan, Alan, <laughs> run, run, <laughs> That's right. run. <laughs> But when I think about that, I just think about like later on, just like, because I'm one of those people who, if I can't do something, that I'm going to keep working at it so I can do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's funny, uh, Russell, shout out to Russell Gwynn. It was like, what's up, Russell? It was like a full working year. Working over there at that Chick fil A. Hey, slanging that chicken. <laughs> um, it was like a full year he was beating me in Madden, like a full year, you know? I, now, eventually I did retire, but like, all right, I got to get break. But it's just like, and it's funny because Eli was younger too. And when you're teaching your child about losing and how to be a graceful loser and, Mm -hmm. you know, in that, that you have to work harder to it. If you really want it, if you really want to win, you got to work harder. So it was just like, man. And I just like, did you lose again? Oh, daddy, what's going on? What's going on? (laughs) So like, it was just like, but fast forward, like, I was speaking with, keeping with Eli real quick. Fast forward, like now when he's having hard times in games and stuff, like whereas he used to cry about it, I just see him just like he'll just be like, oh, yeah, try again, yeah, try like if we're outside playing catch. He's like, oh, oh. then he start, That's you huge. know, you just yeah. see the the gradual um, work in him. Like even right now, we're doing taekwondo, and we wouldn't let him test for his yellow belt last time. Cause he just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And now like yesterday I told him when he was getting in the car leaving. I was like, but I'm really proud of you. Cause he's just so much better than what he was like two months ago. And it's right. like, you just see that hard work. So just instilling that just because you're failing, just because you think you're not good. Doesn't mean that you have to stop. You can just keep working until you get there. Yeah. Or until yeah. you, uh, until you at least your best you. So sure. Yeah. That's good, man. I, you know, I, I'm, a lot of my middle schoolers now never been kind of taught that. I think that's a huge lesson for your son because they equate losing as failure in the sense of like, oh, people look at me differently now. Yeah. Like it's really sad. It is. It's really or, how sad how upset they get. Yeah. Or yeah. everybody gets like a trophy nowadays. It's just like, yeah. it's okay to lose. It's okay yeah. for the other side. Don't baby these people. I mean, yeah. To me, that's baby. Right. You lose, you lose. I mean, sure. when you get into the real world, if you lose, you, right. somebody, <laughs> yeah. somebody better than you, they win. And like, yeah. you, know, so you don't get a trophy for it. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be yeah. one. 
Two would be uh, Janet Metcalf, my um, choir teacher in high school. She was really loving this funny, uh, just like the, the coolest old lady you ever meet, like really down hipster. But she was just so loving too, dude. Like I remember my sophomore year, I couldn't do chorus that year because I had to do weightlifting for football. And I was like, which is funny. I ended up getting farther in music than I did in football, mm-hmm. which hindsight, which kind of, I wish I would have did it. Cause that, that year they had the fun stuff at Disney World that I missed out on. Oh, um, was it fun? Just some raunchy, <laughs> some raunchy stuff went on then. But, uh, you know, but no, nah, it's just like this loving grace presence. Like we used to, by the time we got a senior year, we'll go to class. Um, if I, if I needed a break from class and go in there and just sit in there and she's understanding and just like huh. teaching us life lessons at early ages and just not even teaching us that, but through the music that we sung, like we sure. used to, she loves Negro spirituals though. And we mm-hmm. used to kill it too. Nice. So yeah, Miss Metcalf. Love you, Miss Metcalf. And something you I know, never- Miss Metcalf, I love you too. Hey, just you, you, you better, you better. my friend out. You better. Also, <laughs> something I never knew because obviously I wouldn't knew because we were out. My birthday's in June. So we're out in the summertime. So of course you don't know who your teacher birthday is. Cause right. One, it's always funny. You're like, oh, what's the birthday? Come to find out, her birthday same day as my birthday. No way. So we're like, what a connection. Yeah, it's a heartfelt connection. Shoot, my kids know it's my birthday. It's my birthday tomorrow, y'all. Bring me something. Uh, Becca, um, my birthday this year, November third. <laughs> sent a cookie cake with me, a huge hey. one. So I shared my birthday with them. So that was fun. I, well, I hope you shared that cookie cake. Oh, oh yeah, over there, like <laughs> you can't have none. I'm an icing kind of guy, though. So I'm, so I'm oh. you know, I want to scoop. Really? No, I just take all, any cake I get. You take all the icing off. Yeah. So y'all don't be looking. I know if y'all hear this and y'all serve me cake, don't look at me because I'm gonna just go. Well, no, it's I. Not only will I serve I you, I'm going. I'm gonna be right beside you because I want. I'm gonna give you all of my, you know, the cake. Oh, well, the we inside of the cake, and you give me all the icing. Yeah, that's what that. I want. Hey, okay. that's, a, that's a even true. That's I knew we got along. I knew we got along so well for yeah. a reason. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and then my last most inspirational person would be Miss Deaton. She was my junior year history teacher who everybody thought was racist. And she was mean. However, and it, my favorite kind of people are people who people think are mean mm-hmm. and they might be mean tendencies, but if you're like a worker or you do what you're, you're told to do, they, you know, they'll treat you a little bit differently because right. you're doing what you're supposed to sure. do, obviously. Sure. But, um, so I remember I was in her class and we did, we had to do like, uh, uh, like travel guides for the state of Florida. And anytime I do anything, I'm like, I, I just kind of, I, I go all all out. Mm-hmm. So my travel guy was like lavished and done. And she was just like, she she came back and she gave it to me. I got a hundred on it. And she said, she pulled me aside one day. She's like, why are you in here? I was like, uh, uh, cause <laughs> I, I need a history class. She said, no, why are you in this class? You, you have so much more potential than to be in this class. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So she said, "No, you, you're shorting yourself." So yeah, she made me sign up for a AP classes my senior year. Nice. Which I kind of wanted to cruise my senior year, right? But I got the snapshot in college, and 
I'm a procrastinator, Rob. Mm-hmm. Like, and then then only like to read what I wanted to read too. So uh, yeah, I struggled in those those history classes because one, I didn't really apply myself. Yeah, but because of her, I knew inside of me that if I did apply myself, that I could do more than what I think I'm capable of. Yeah, so, no, that's great. Shout out to Miss Deaton. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. You know, when teachers identify something in you and help you to see it. Yeah. Man, it's so, so impactful. Especially when all the kids think she's just like some racist old white lady. Yeah. And that, you know, but here I am and she's like, somebody who don't, if somebody who hates you, one ain't going to really be in there with you. Right. Nor are they going to tell you that you're better than what you're producing or you're more than what you are right now. So. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know what they say about procrastination? Procrastination is like masturbation. You're only screwing yourself. Nah, man. Uh, <laughs> nah, man. That's not in my dictionary. <laughs> listen, listen. It, what makes it so bad? Uh, I procrastinated. So, uh, two quick stories. Uh, I had a paper due one day on a Sunday night at 11.59. My mother-in-law was over. Rob, I didn't start the paper till like seven o'clock that night. It was a mm. ten page paper. I got it done, edited it and everything, and got a hundred on it. Dang. Everybody was shocked. And then uh Eli, Eli's birth. Um I don't know if I was watching wrestling or football. Because <laughs> it was a Monday. And April's like, oh, I gotta I think I'm I think it's time. I said, like, Are you sure? Yes, yeah. yeah. All right, just one sec. I got to go do this <laughs> quiz really quick. She was like, are you serious? Like, yeah, babe, let's do it at 11.59. If you, if you, you know, if we don't come back, <laughs> I need this. So procrastination one-on-one. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I always did my best work. I'm, I'm a procrastinator as well. Listen. So, yeah, I would, I mean, we would have like 15, 20 page papers to do, and I would do it the night before. It was crazy. Like, it's just something about like. Being up against the wall that your yeah. brain just goes. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. And it helps me. Like, I have ADD, mm-hmm. so I can't focus. So if I, But if I have something, like, pressing on me, like, you got to do this. You got to yeah. do this. Then it helps me to get it done. Well, Kendall, I feel like we really got to know you well during this time. Did you? Yeah. Thanks for opening up your heart and sharing yourself with Did us. Did I really open up my heart? I think so. I didn't, I didn't cut myself open. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> He's bleeding everywhere, folks. I can't bleed <laughs> No? Okay, you know, I'm going for it. You got it. I'm just going for it. All right, Kendall, thanks for letting us know more about yourself. Let's get into our topic of the week. Here is your topic of the week. Our topic of the week is something near and dear to Kendall and myself. Yes. We're going to talk about the church. Let the The church say. State of the church. Yes. Yeah, so this can go kind of any direction we want to. Oh, wow. Okay. Whatever we're feeling. What would you say? Now, this is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, we're talking about something that's all over the board. Yeah. But in, I guess, kind of our context, where we are, how do you feel the church is doing on the mission of what we said earlier, to love God and love people? Oh. So I think the church is doing 
good in the aspect of loving those who are in their walls mm. of the church. Yeah. So I think everybody at church does a great job on loving on each other, those who come into their church, right? Right. But I don't know if that's being extended outside of your walls, outside of the people that you know that go to your church, um, outside of people that you know in your circle, right? I think a lot of things that we see now, like especially with all the culture stuff and all the things, I feel like it's because of lack of reaching out mm-hmm. to the big C church and we're just staying in our small little ponds. It's, it's like we're church clicks mm-hmm. instead of just being like a church. Like, yeah, you never see, you don't see a church being like, hey, how about we get all the churches together and we just do something like right. whether it's like a worship night or just like a a cookout, a get together or something, something like fun or just something that likes pumps everybody's spirit up. It's just like we're doing them in our little bubbles. And then you can subset that to like race in churches too, because I grew up in a black church and for the life of me, hearing the word, I'm just like, all people go to all people, all nations, all people, all nations. Right. All people, all nations, but everybody looks like me. Sure. Everybody dresses like me, talks like me, sounds like me. It's, he didn't say all black people. Right. He, he didn't say all white people. He said all people. So I just feel like nowadays, even back to like culture, how it is now, where race relations are better than they were 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. But. In my mind, I'm like, are they really better if we're still worshiping not together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've yet to see. Well, there was one church in Jacksonville that was pretty, that was diverse, but it didn't really last long. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't know what happened there. We just went a couple of times, but we had friends who went there and something happened. But um, yeah, you just don't, it's just, we're all still divided at this most crucial time of the week where we're worshiping our creator, where we're supposed to be unified and yet we're only unified in those who look like us. Yeah. I am. So you brought up two things. The Mm. first one was, I mean, all of it kind of involves division Mm -hmm. in the church. So, First one was not seeing like other churches involved with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I am, I'm not like church has to be this way kind of guy, right? Yeah. Church can look different and, you know, can be in a building, can be in a house, mm-hmm. you know, God can use whoever, whenever, however. But I, when, when you look at American church, like, culturalized, you know, Americanized church, the way we have designed it is it's a business model, mm. right? Yeah, I can see And that. so, and you see that in a lot of different ways, but mm-hmm. you definitely see it in like working together. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go work with that church because we're trying to be the biggest church. You know, nobody mm-hmm. would ever say that. Yeah. Right? You would oh, never obviously. use those words. Yeah. But that's what it kind of looks like. And that's one thing. 
you know, when I was a pastor at the church, and I'm sure Jonathan still does this at the crossing, but we let other churches use our mm-hmm. office building, yep. right? Like do that. And um, we, we tried to incorporate churches in, in different ways to show we're not against each other, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, we're all part of the church. But I think that's, I mean, that's kind of where we are right now in the, and that's kind of what turns me off personally mm-hmm. of like the big overhead of like, we got to have all these buildings. We got to mm-hmm. have this music. We got to have this. And then you look at a budget and it's like, man, where's all this money going to? Right. Is it really, like you said, the majority of the money is going inside the church. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going outside the church. And there's something you said too, how, like you said, they're not going to say it, but they want the church to be the biggest. Like you even have now, as people church get bigger, they expand into like little satellite churches. Right. But it's still your church. So instead of just being like, hey, we're going to take a pastor who's ready to plan a church and them have their own church in that community and they do their thing. We're just going to encroach into that area and just have our, you know, just an extension of our church. Yeah. And that's where the pride and arrogance come in. Yeah. Why? Because we know how to do church. Mm-hmm. We know how to do it right. Yeah. Because to them, they're viewing success in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. They're viewing success in, oh, well, God's obviously working here because we have more people than they yeah. do down there, which is anti, <laughs> you know, the total opposite of what we see in Jesus's ministry and, and what he's doing. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I, that... That burns me the wrong way for several reasons. Mm-hmm. I won't get into too many things, but that's that's touched me personally in ministry. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what turned me off to ministry, seeing the kind of the climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah. Oh, I got to mm-hmm. get to this church or do that. Uh, other churches come in to our church to get yeah. pastors, right? To plant their satellite. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wait, you know, yeah. if you're about church planning, then you need to be about church planning and not just about planning your brand kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, so yeah. And again, I'm not against those cause who am I? I, yeah. don't, I don't know everything. I don't know how everything works, but from the outside, I, I can see how dangerous that can yeah. be. Um, just, and we see it happening. I mean, mm-hmm. one by one, we see these mega church pastors falling. We see them killing themselves. There's been quite a few who have done that because we're raising one person mm-hmm. to this position of power and glory and honor yeah. above everyone else. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Whose spot are they in? Yeah, they're Jesus' spot. Yeah, right? Yeah. They, yeah. Spot. Yeah. And that's one thing I tried to do at the crossing as well is um, I didn't have to preach every Sunday. Yeah. You know? And a lot of people didn't like that. Mm. A lot of people didn't like that. Really now? Yeah. And I'm not just saying our church, but that's, yeah. that's you know, because you want a certain type of pastor certain type of mm. communicator, you know, when in essence, it's supposed to be about what God's word, yeah, right? That's true. Um, so we find the guy and I'm not saying this about the crossing because uh, we had a ton of people who can communicate very well, mm-hmm. but like you find the best communicator, you know, the guy that can be the funniest yeah. can grab attention. Let's put him at the spot. And that's how we'll grow this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Through somebody's uh, personality. Yeah. So, and that's just, again, I could be completely wrong about this stuff. And this is just my assumptions. I'm not saying anybody's doing this wrong. I'm not singling out any certain church or anything like that. Just talking from my experience 
Um, but I see that. And, it, and have you listened to the podcast, um, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill? Yeah, I'm like three yeah. episodes in, but I'm just like, yeah. I saw it play out on social media, so I don't know if I want to keep reading. Yeah. But yeah, it's like. It's a tough listen, man. When is. you. The toughest part is just the effect it had on people mm-hmm. and still has on people. I mean, one of the things that the guy was talking about, uh, it was either the last episode of the series or the one before it. And he said, I mean, I knew these godly men, right? They served the church well, loved their wives, um, doing all this. And like after all this happened, like they're the people who are drinking they're mm. addicted they're the people who are trying to kill themselves oh like, wow that's just a toll it took on them and those were the guys who were just serving in the church trying to help yeah. and loving on people right well, i mean it's it's real life though right yeah. as i mean this isn't just like anything made up or it's like it's not like fairy tale or it's not some something that you do that we're, this is what we're called to do and then i guess if you're so behind somebody like uh, Mark Driscoll, like if you're so into, you know, behind what he's doing and seeing everything. I mean, I'm sure they they did great things. I mean, I've read a couple of the books and I'm like, man, this, this is some great stuff. And you got people coming to hear the word and then things happen. And then everybody looks and thinks about, well, if this happens, is this happening everywhere mm-hmm. or People get shell shot. Like if I if I go to another church again, is it just gonna be the same thing happening again? Like then your yeah. faith gets tested. And like okay, how come God? Where, where's God in all this? Like what's going on? And just I mean, and people we're real people with real emotions and real feelings, and we get attacked. I mean, we we easily get attached to things mm-hmm. and the people. And yeah. then if something happens, then whatever attachment that you had is wrecked. Then you're just like you don't know who you are anymore. So. Yeah. And that's a sad thing is I, so when I was in school, I, w- I was a part of a Acts 29 church. So mm-hmm. Acts 29 is one of the things that Mark Driscoll didn't start, but it was, you know, something that he became a part of and then ran with it. And uh, my pastor was like on the inside, like friends with Mark Driscoll and all that. Um, and then I was Acts 29 pastor. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw some of this from behind the scenes, but there was such a change in Mark Driscoll. Like if you listen to his early stuff and mm-hmm. the podcast is showcasing this, but you listen to his early stuff, it is, he's anti mega church. Hmm. He's like, I mean, the things we just talked about, that's what he's saying. But then when he started to grow, his church started to grow. That's when the pride and arrogance came into play hmm. and you can see it. Like, it's crazy because you can see it in the story mm-hmm. to where um, it became all about his brand and spreading his brand. And that's why yeah. I think they're so dangerous because I would have been exactly like Mark Driscoll if that would have happened to our church, probably. Mm. You know, the pride and arrogance in me, mm-hmm. uh, it would have become all about me and not about Jesus anymore just because of my own, you know, yeah. who I am and my ability to turn away from God on a daily basis and that's true and, and want to lift myself up. So especially when you're seeing more people because like, oh they're coming because of me. Oh, they're coming because right. of me or something. Yeah. Yeah. I know I can see it. Yeah. And I think God God uses all of us. 
and it doesn't make us great, right? <laughs> I mean, nah. that's basically what he's showcasing in the New Testament. It's like, I'm going to use these broken people, yeah. the ones who are the most messed up, <laughs> yeah, and, and right, I'm going to yeah. use them to show, you know, who God really is, like yeah. his glory. So I think putting putting people in that position, like Mark Driscoll and other people, it's, it's not fair to them, Mm-mm. you know, to have them in that spot. Uh, Mark, there's a church in uh, Washington, D.C. that I love what they do. So I think they're... They have a capacity of like 800 people mm-hmm. um, in their building. And so when they go over 800, this is a pretty popular church, which they go over often. They don't have another service. They say, okay, we're sending out 300 people to start a new church. It's going to be their own church, oh, own wow. name. We've been preparing this pastor. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. So they're just planting churches over and over again without their brand, which I think is really cool. That is really yeah. cool. Yeah. And so, you know, I examine myself because sometimes I'm like, Am I pride? Is this my pride? Like, because mm-hmm. I want to be a mega church pastor, right? <laughs> is it my pride side saying all that, or is it? I just I think I've seen the unhealthy culture, so it makes me afraid of for people um, going through those things. Yeah. Because, and that's another thing, you know, we're starting a, a house church, um, hey. and it has no goal of being anything other than a small house church. We're not trying to. It's not like a core group. We're going to mm-hmm. do this and get a building one day. Yeah. We're going to be in, it's in the house. In the house. It's full of people who just can't do it anymore in the sense of, I can't go to ch- a church anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been hurt or these things are happening or I can't give money just to go straight to paying for a building or other things. Yeah. I just want to be um, known. I can't go to a church where I just attend on Sunday and I leave, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not actually in community. Nope. And so we're just going to try it. <laughs> you know, we're kind of all um, broken and got some backgrounds of just hurt and obviously things that I went through and put our church through. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to get together and just love God, love people with no strings attached, right? Hey. We don't have to pay anybody's salary. Hey. Um, and again, I'm not saying all those things are bad. Yeah. I'm not no, saying it at all, but I don't think that's the only way you can do it. And yeah. So that's what we're kind of exploring. I think, um, yeah, because for some reason, like, I, I don't know why I have something against big churches. I, I just do that. I need to get over. Yeah. But someone said to me, I mean, they're serving a purpose, though, right? They, The gospel is getting to people who it might have not been spoken to. Just by the church. I mean, some people aren't going to do anything unless it's big and glamorous anyway. Mm-hmm. Like if Disney World was just like two rides and a meal, nobody would be out there. But because it's so extravagant and people go and they go back and tell people about it, then people go. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even though I don't like the concept of it, somebody's hearing the gospel. And even if as they get older and they mature in faith and they find that isn't for them anymore, then... Hopefully they don't just leave church, but they go find a church that's more right. to their liking. Yeah. So. And I know churches that are, I mean, that they say that. Like, we are for brand new Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't expect people to stay around here a long time. Oh, that's good. I've, I've heard, you know, pastors say that. And, yeah, so I, I think you get, there's a positive outweigh the negative, right? Mm-hmm. Are we feeding into our culture of consumerism? 
Yeah. Is, is kind of my question. And so, yeah, so that's a good topic. You know, that's something I'm wrestling with right now. Um, been talking with friends about just that idea because I'm kind of, I'm never going to say I'm against church, a church, right? Because <laughs> when you say you're against a church, you're yeah. like talking about oh, Jesus' yeah. bride. Mm-hmm. I don't like you talking negatively about my bride, so I'm sure he doesn't like you talking negatively about his. Amen. But yeah, I'm just wondering like what's the healthiest way yeah. to do it. Um, and so the other thing, you know, obviously we brought up race. So the idea of you have, I mean, just the idea that we have white churches and black churches, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, just those titles. Yeah. Um, that shouldn't be the case. Um, but that's kind of where we are. Why do you think we, that is the case? Why do you think there are, I mean, you look at segregations, not really anywhere. Um, unless no, not really. You can correct me. Other than the church. Pretty much. The the one place that should be leading, yeah. <laughs> you know, and bringing people together, right? Because you go to all white church, all black church, you get to heaven, you're going to be kind of shocked. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just like comfort. Um, this, You're just comfortable being around people who look like you. Sure. Talk like you, act like you. Um. Also, it just could be generational. This is, you know, this is just what we've been doing since the beginning of America. You know, slaves had their church and white people went to their church. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is is what it is. But I my I think my biggest thing is probably comfort. And granted, yeah. in, in our area, our area is pretty diverse. So You would say that? Like where we live? Yeah, because I've actually seen a... I see a lot of people. When I see, it's funny because when we first moved out here, I didn't see a lot of black people. But now I'm like, dang, yeah. it's, it's time to move, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a racist well, comment, hey, right? Hey, hey, listen, listen, we're all racist. He said we're all racist. <laughs> we're all racist to everybody. I don't discriminate. I'm racist towards everybody. <laughs> Let me stop. But um, I think more is just like, I think people are afraid to get uncomfortable. Yeah, because if you one, you have to step out, and then two, if you go to a church where nobody looks at you, first couple of times, probably people are gonna be looking at you like, oh, "Why is this person? What, what are they doing in here?" You yeah. know, and then you have the. It's harder to get to know people too because it's just not this built built in like. Can I stop you real quick? I'm yeah, sorry. Sure. So, did you feel like that coming in our church? No, because we uh we had left a church where uh we were like I think it was it might have been more of us in there, maybe. Maybe not. But no, um Okay, sorry, I, I was just curious like no, no, that's what a good it was question. your experience. Yeah. What, that was a good what question. That was like. Um because yeah. I grew up in a, like I said, I grew up in an all black church mm-hmm. and when we got married we still went there, but when we moved to this side I actually it's funny because we moved to this side of town and the church is literally like ten minutes down the road. I I grew up in the first by the Church of Mandarin. It's not Hopewell. Um, it's not Hopewell. No, it is Hopewell. Oh, like, okay, so yeah. it's the church. If you're on Roberts Road, mm-hmm. yeah, the big white church. It's funny too because it's such a blessing too. Because I remember being at church and they were you know praying about a bigger space and a bigger. And now they have it, and it's yeah. like it's great. And it's like good, good job, guys. Yeah, we, we made it. Hopefully, you did that. I don't know. We were just talking about that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, no. Is that the measure oh. of success? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, wow. Uh. <laughs> sorry. Oh, that was so off. good. I'm oh, sorry. my gosh. Oh, man. Oh, man. But no. So, I don't know how my wife feels. But, well, see, it's funny. She, for a time, went to an all-white church when I first met her. So, I used to go to church for her. Mm-hmm. And I think her family might have been the only black family in their church. So, so you've th- experienced on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we felt that. I think one coming to the crossing, we wanted to be more in our community. We were going mm-hmm. to church in the world golf village. So we wanted to be more in our community. Like if I'm going to be around people that don't look like me anyway, might as well be the, around the ones that are closer to me. So if I wanted to build yeah. relationships, I could be around those people. Yeah. But no, nah, by that time I was just like, and we were just in a, a weird place in our marriage too. In a hard place in our marriage. I'm not going to say weird. It was hard. But um, so we were just looking for, I don't know. It was weird. It was financial. Ha- Roll that back. We was having some financial struggles too. Mm-hmm. So it's funny when we came, we got emails. I'm out. Um, thank you for coming. And then next email was like financial peace. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that'd be interesting to do. So we started doing that. So we really were just going for that because n- no other church was offering stuff like that. Right. So, but um, yeah, we attended. It's funny because you mentioned we talked about it earlier. Um, we were there before with the pastor that was there before you. Then the second service we went, he was like, "Oh, I'm going, guys." Right. And then you were pastor, which I was like, "Oh, that's a cool dude." That you know, the beard guy. The beard guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. So him. you know, he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, I, it wasn't hard just going, but I, the hardest part is probably the relationship part and sure. just building relationships because. As I was mentioning earlier, um, when you're around people that look like you, you probably watch the same thing, mm-hmm. listen to the same music, have the same eating habits and things and things that you could connect to. Right. But if I don't look like you, you can't just assume that I watch Friends or Fraser. Do you? I watch Friends. Okay. Yeah. I, did I like Friends. that you think all white people are watching that. <laughs> I don't watch that. Mm. You should have thrown the office out there. Then I would have been good. Well, everybody watched the office. That's, that's not true. Fair. That's yeah, true. I mean, hey, listen, the yeah. office is culture. Hey, I'm in that. my uh, hey, I see, it. I see. It. It's culture. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it takes more work to get to know somebody who doesn't look like you. It takes more work to I think too, like I'm not saying everybody's racist. But we all have these built-in notions about people who aren't like us. 100%. Yeah. So, And then you have that negative thing. So it's harder to not say something offensive to somebody when you are with the section of friends that you have that look like you and you guys might talk about all the time. It's hard to really beat that. And then it's just perceived notions. Like, I think one of the things in America, the media, whether it's been media or newspaper or just people have painted this picture of what black people are. So mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of white people are just like pre-perceived notions on a, 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 a black person. Mm-hmm. In the same way with black people towards white people, they, we have the same pre-determined uh, notions about white people. And it's just, say, I can't fault anybody because it's been fed to them, but yeah. you have to be willing enough to take a leaf of faith to break out of that bubble. And also, if you really believe what you're reading in your Bible and hearing Jesus say, 
that you should, you know, is loving people and loving your neighbor. Your neighbor isn't all, a lot of times your neighbor doesn't look like you, mm-hmm. but you're called to love them. Right. You call to do life with them. So why are you not doing that? Why, why are you not willing to learn? I think, I think a lot of people too are just willing for, are scared that people, if you say something wrong or you do something wrong, people yeah. will be upset with you and hate you. And while some people may feel that way and they shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel that way, nor should the person that you offended just totally off you because people make mistakes for people. Sure. Yeah. Like you have to give, like God gives us grace every morning when we wake up. Mm-hmm. So you should afford that grace to everyone, the same grace, and no matter who they look like or what they believe or their sexuality or anything, you, you should give them the same grace because you yeah. woken up with that same grace. I love that. I think we're going to end on that thought. And I think it's, you know, the idea of, grace right you gotta have that willingness to get into that mm-hmm. that relationship but then also grace because understanding people didn't grow up with the same backgrounds Mm-mm. but having that willingness to want to learn from one another mm-hmm. and i think we're starting to see that we're getting there you know small small um, steps, small steps. those conversations maybe those conversations are starting to happen mm-hmm. which i think um is very helpful and um it's going to take a while. I mean, you look at our history. Oh, yeah. The past. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. No, it's So, not. I think those small steps, like you said, very small steps. Yeah. And that's okay. And two, like, we're the body, right? The body. Mm-hmm. Christ is the head and we're the body. We we all have different roles in the body, right? Like, your fingers have a different role from your, toe, your right. toes. So... Culturally wise, because I, I mean, I love hanging out with people with different cultures because I get to learn things, especially food. I get to eat good food. <laughs> but it's just like, if you look at it at the lens of cultural wise, that even though we're all different cultures, we all bring something to the body, to the table to make it complete. Mm-hmm. And God wouldn't create us differently. Right. For just, just for not. He did it because there's a purpose between that, right? Yeah. So. I love that. Yeah. Tell you what, I've started doing like um, one day a week with my students because we're Christian school. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, ask me anything about God and the Bible. You talk about some deep questions. They're getting there. Um, And deep theological questions. So, I might have to bring you in one day, I think. Drop some of this knowledge that you dropped on us. Hey, bring me in, dude. I love it. Can I ask you a question about since you you said you said? So, uh, we just did a men's group this past Monday, we just talked about Daniel five, the hand writing on the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, one of the things I struggle with is God using a hand writing on the wall. Is it silly of me to think that God couldn't, that me thinking, Oh, it's just a metaphor. Maybe it's just something just, you know, just happened or that there was literally a hand on the wall writing. Right. Mm-hmm. Is it silly for me to think that there really wasn't a hand on the wall? No. I think uh, when you study the, um, you know, the writing in the Old Testament, it is a, a ton of different types of writing. A lot of it's poetry. A lot of it's mm-hmm. imagery. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of people hold that that's the case in the creation story. Mm-hmm. Right? 
So I don't think that's silly. Personally, I mean, there would obviously, there's a lot of people that, oh, I, this is what I believe, and this is the right way, you know, and yeah. I won't hear anything. But I honestly, like, I, I can't even remember that story of what was happening, what took place. But to, to believe that, I don't, I don't think that's silly. Personally, okay. but that's just okay. me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause part of me too was like, well, if I, if I think that's silly, then that means I think a lot of different things. Like, I think God opening up the the Red Sea for Israel to cross is silly. Mm-hmm. I think about uh, them building. One of my favorite stories uh, in the Old Testament in um, Exodus is when they're in the wilderness and you know, no, uh, not Noah, but Moses hits the rock the first time and nothing comes out, and they hit the second time and the water just flows from the rock and everybody's fed. I, I mean, I had to think that's silly. Right. I would have to think the manna falling from the sky every day was silly. Right. The birds silly. And yeah. I'm just like sitting here thinking that, man, if I think all oh, that's silly, that means when I had to think that God sending his son here to die for us is silly. Yeah, I think there, and again, I think it all goes to understanding the language. Because mm-hmm. you, I mean, we like to say there's not that big of a difference when you translate from this ancient Hebrew language into mm-hmm. our modern English language. But yeah. there is. Um, a huge difference. Hmm. And so it's it's getting to understand the different types of writing styles that were used, mm-hmm. different types of language and imagery. Um, and I think that's different than what we find in the New Testament. Hmm. Okay. Greek. So, you know, the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, mm-hmm. New Testament's written in um, Greek for the most part, um, Aramaic, a, a, a few small places. And Interesting. Yeah, so that's kind of what I've like. This is kind of we'll have to have you back on to talk through all this hey. stuff. Well, I love these conversations, and I think a lot of people are surprised to hear what I believe. You know, uh, some people would be angry <laughs> to hear what I believe because <laughs> um, they would definitely disagree yeah. with a lot of that stuff in the Old Testament, and uh, I, I think a lot of it's poetry, imagery, and. You know, I think there's cases for that. It's not just me. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I don't like that story, so I'm going to say it's poetry. You know, yeah. that we can look at it and, and study those things. But ultimately, God can do whatever He wants, right? And that's that's true. And that's the answer people will give you. But I like mm-hmm. to dig a little deeper on those things, yeah. and that's what I love about like the church that we're, the house church mm-hmm. is. We'll have a space where we can go like, eh, I don't know if I believe this, or I don't know if I, I like this. You know. Uh, and we can kind of have those conversations. And I feel that's what's missing. That's why I wanted to do this podcast. Not only mm-hmm. for, uh, that's why I called it God, Drugs, Laughs, right? So mm-hmm. God. So we obviously talk a lot about God, the church, um, and not just Christian God, like what other people believe as well. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to have a place where we can have these open and honest conversations and it not be like, I have to convince you to believe what yeah. I believe. Because if... You don't believe exactly like I believe, then you don't know God. And I'm like, ah, I'm pretty sure. You're going to hell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's nowhere in the Bible that says you have to believe this part. <laughs> right? right? Uh. So, I mean, I, I think that's pretty clear on the gospel um, is is Jesus is, is yeah. the one where we find our salvation. So. Amen. so, Kendall, I appreciate it, man. Will you come back on? Yeah. Talk, yeah, talk through course. some more of this. Of course. These biblical Why topics. Why would I not come yeah. back on? All right. Well, thanks so much, Kendall. This is a good conversation. And I think just like we said, it's kind of the beginning stages of all that in our culture, the you know tiny steps 
tiny steps into our conversation as well. Maybe. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Yes, sir. All right, let's get into our suggestion. I have some suggestions, some suggestions for you and you and you. here for 41 years a whole lot of blood and a whole lot of tears so why don't you just sit right down in that chair let go of all your worries and your fears I have some suggestions some suggestions for you Especially you in the back not listening. All right, here are our suggestions of the week. I usually try to make this a broad suggestion, but I'm going to make a local suggestion. So if you live in and around Jacksonville, Florida, I would suggest that you go to the Deck the Chairs in Jacksonville Beach. So Deck the Chairs is when they decorate for Christmas. All of the lifeguard chairs, and so they use those to decorate certain things. So mm-hmm. you have like the Jaguars have a chair down there, a bunch of different companies and stuff like that. But we went last night. Mm-hmm. We took our um, daughter Brighton, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, so yeah. make sure you. We even got into a snowball fight. There's a little place where you can have a snowball fight. Was so. it snowball? No, not or was snowball. It like soap. Not so. I mean, okay. it was like cotton stuff, you know. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So it was fun. SeaWorld has soap springing at a certain time, and we all thought it was the until I tasted it. I was like, oh, don't eat that. What was it? Soap? Oh, <laughs> don't eat that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so go check out the deck, the chairs in Jacksonville Beach. A lot of fun. What about you, Kendall? What's your suggestion for the week? My suggestion for the week, and I, if you listen to the podcast, the Smooth Way podcast, You'll hear me say it often, but and we're in the season right now. So my suggestion of the week is for those of us who are anticipating taking holiday time off, let's not work. Let's just sit down and enjoy our family. And what I mean by work is, yeah, clothes need to be washed. Your house needs to be clean. However, don't go down your list of things to do, but be more present with the people that are around you. Mm. Told y'all. Came here dropping knowledge on us. Just a little bit. Wisdom. Just a little bit. No, that's great, man. Something I needed to hear and we all need to hear. Yes, sir. I need to hear it every day. Kendall, killed it, man. Love you, brother. I'm glad you came. We're going to have you back on for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another episode in the books for God Drugs Laughs. If you need to reach us, you can contact us at GodDrugsLaughs at gmail.com. Again, GodDrugsLaughs at gmail.com. Hope you all are having a good holiday season, and we'll see you here next week. (laughs)